I'm Megan. I'm Christy. And I'm Auntie B. And, and we are Homebrew Murder Crew. I love it. It's been so long. Yeah, I know. Been. I feel like I haven't seen you guys since like September, August. It's been like, like it's been a while. Five months. Yeah, yeah. it's been too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that for sure. It's nice to be back with you ladies. And it, it's nice to kind of have a schedule again in place yes. with this. We're a little break from reality. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Our passion P. <laughs> yeah, or ideas. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Sorry, I've had a really rough Our week. mindless oh. banter. Yeah. <laughs> which half of which we'll edit out later. Yes, we will. <laughs> so, yeah, ladies. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for thank having us in your closet. Yeah, we're yeah. in uh, we're in Christy's closet today. Christy, that's me. Why did I say? Why am I talking in third person? Oh, we're in my <laughs> closet today. Um, It's great. It's uh, cozy. It's cozy. Yeah. So, so definitely cozy. So uh, anything that we want to discuss before we start? Okay, so kind of like off, I want to say off camera, but we're not on camera, but like <laughs> off mic, I guess, yeah. off air, um, you were mentioning the ladies who are selling body parts oh, out of yes. their funeral home. Yes. And it was determined, because I just looked at this story today because I was telling a coworker about it. And so, yeah, they were doing this from 2010 to 2018. So a period of like eight years and they dissected some like 560 bodies without the consent of the families, harvested these organs. And like, remember, these are funeral directors, quote unquote. They are not like, they're not educated to be doing this and dissecting people right so just imagine the hack job that they're doing to these poor poor people right and they are selling the body parts to uh like a third party who had no idea that this is what they were doing yeah Yeah. they were forging the 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 donor documents as well yeah so just oh awful like why okay i also just would really like to know in a realistic situation three scenarios that you would need body parts like legitimately need body parts well this is these are like like, harvesting organs like they're selling them to to licensed professionals who are doing organ donor replacements and stuff like that right like to hospitals but because they're forging the documents they had no idea that this is what was happening it's not like they're selling them on the black market they're selling them to reputable practicing facilities yeah these organs were like put into other people and saved Mm -hmm. other people's lives my biggest thing when i think about it though is there's a lot of like uh like cultures and religions and stuff that they don't feel that their loved one can be at peace unless they're whole yeah and then to find out that like your loved one may or may not actually be whole yeah it's devastating like there's just so there's so many things wrong with there's so many layers and levels of just horror that go along with that well and did they know every person that they were selling this stuff to was a reputable individual (laughs) or was it like a no questions asked like walk in and be like hey bud need an arm (laughs) here it is (laughs) but it's i mean it could be yeah like like i'm an organ donor like i have that on like it's like they're forging the documents that we would have signed and agreed to basically Mm -hmm. like to be organ donors they were forging those documents and then like selling like 
selling these parts to actual like hospitals like christy said mm-hmm. like that's like wild my first thought was like 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 feet and arms and hands like <laughs> i know what, like what, what like on the black market like what, what are people doing with these things like yeah i the make dark sense. web yeah the, the dark web <clears throat> we've watched sure. way too many movies i know <laughs> i know um but also like canadian true crime news did did everybody hear about the prison pigeon no so apparently like i think it was last week or the week before prison guards had found a pigeon in a bc prison yard that had a tiny little backpack on it filled with methamphetamine Shut <laughs> it literally up. had a little backpack on the pigeon had a little backpack oh on, my god is there a photo i couldn't find the photo okay if we I find love... one we will post it on our socials we will definitely shut post up it. that is like i'm not even mad i'm impressed I i'm like oh that sounds kind of cute <laughs> i was like oh and look at that little I math pigeon like, i hope they didn't like euthanize the pigeon a little rascal like, like it's uh, obviously a drug mule pigeon right but like, also but it's like hopefully have a choice hopefully the pigeon doesn't dip into the merchandise if oh you know what gosh. i mean because then we don't need like any killer pigeon situation I, going I on to see this little backpack pigeons yeah. are bad enough at, as it is without math yes. things are like Dora the Explorer backpack. Yes, me too. Right? This tiny little backpack with a little pigeon. See, and I pictured like an old school leather bound one. Yeah. Is what I pictured. Yeah. Oh my god. If you read like people commenting on it, like and stuff, they're like, only in Canada. And it's like <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah at least we've got like kind of fun. We just got like this little machine gun. He's like, "Don't fuck with me." <laughs> I, I know we're not like a, an animal show or anything, but I really do feel like Canada has a lot of instances of animals gone wild in the last little right? bit. Like the ostrich and where was it? Uh, red deer. Oh, ostrich no. and red deer. You got really? You guys haven't seen? Wasn't those? it like just loose or something on the street? Well, or... it was running up and down the street, and a police officer was hanging himself out the window oh trying to God. get it. Sorry, guys. We're just gonna watch this video. Oh, that was kind of awful. Like it, co- it caused controversy. Yeah. But this was just in Alberta. First off, oh, I don't like that cop that grabbed okay, so me like, by the neck. Why are the RCMP involved? Like, where's animal Tabor. control? Tabor, Alberta. Oh, Tabor. That's where it was. Also, don't know. Also, don't really know a lot about it. I kind of just, it was one of those watch the video, laugh, and be like, I'm not surprised, and continue on with my day. (laughs) They don't have animal control in small towns like that. Maybe. So we got wild ostriches, meth penguins. Penguins. I wish. Pigeons. (laughs) Pigeons. Ah, welcome to Canada. Yeah. Um, so if you guys have any crazy animal stories uh, from Canada or anywhere else, please share them with us. Yeah. We love animals. Yeah. We love animal stories. Not when the RCMP grab an ostrich by the neck, though. Didn't yeah. like that. <laughs> Didn't like that. Nope. It got away safe, though, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody's safe. Nobody everybody's was safe. hurt. No ostriches were harmed in the making of this episode. <laughs> or pigeons. Or, or pigeons. pigeons. I'm bringing you a case today from 1921. <laughs> is it? Yes, 1921. Okay, is the okay. Place. 1921. 1921. 1921. For anyone paying attention. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to get right into this. Uh, first of all, I just want to apologize in advance. This is a case out of Germany, and um, a lot of their names and towns names and stuff like that, I... Um, cannot pronounce properly i
I just cannot. So I'm going to apologize in advance for all of the words I'm about to butcher. And you guys, we talked about this in our little follow-up episode <laughs> about how, or our, what was it, what year in review episode. Yeah. Um, this happens a lot with us. And we, we try, we make every effort to learn how to say a word, write the word down phonetically in our notes. Sometimes it just doesn't work out because it's hard to try and constantly rub two brain cells together. Yes. Sometimes that friction just isn't there. Um, however, it doesn't make the case any less important to share. So that's why we continue to do it um, at our own expense. I'm not going to lie. I took a list of words to Martin before I came here and was like, tell me how to pronounce all these. And I was like, and he did. And then I was like, you just wasted so much time because I'm probably still going to get them all wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> let's let's see how it thanks goes. anyways martin yeah thanks, thanks anyways, anyway. martin. all right the first world war came to an end in 1918 two million german soldiers had lost their lives and more than four million had returned home to their loved ones with crippling injuries in most areas of germany especially in the rural areas there was a severe shortage of workers pensions and savings were essentially worthless families were struggling in upper Bav bavaria South Germany, near the village of Wangen, renamed Wadehofen in 1977, and it remains to this day. It's just 70 kilometers north of Munich. There is a hamlet called Kaifek, and in a remote forest area within the ha within the haunting forest named Hexenholz, which translates in English to Witch's Woods, Ooh, I love that. Yeah, like it's, where just, we're going. it's just one kilometer north of the main part of Kaifect and only accessible by a narrow dirt track through the forest. There was a farmstead named Hinter Kaifect. Hinter, a prefix used in German places names, meaning behind in Kaifect, the hamlet. So therefore it's behind Kaifect. Mm hmm. In 1921, the people of Kaifek were less focused on the news out of Munich and more focused on feeding their families. The farmstead named Hinterkaifek, inhabited and maintained by five members of the Gruber family. Andreas Gruber, his wife Cecile, Cecilia Gruber, their widowed daughter Victoria Gabriel, whose husband Carl Gabriel died in the early stages of the First World War, and Victoria's children, um, Cecilia, who in 1921 was eight, and Joseph, who was only two. Can I get something out? Yes. Cecilia, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I think it's Cecilia. Cecilia. It's got a Z in it. Also living in the farmhouse was their live-in maid, Crescent Regeer. I probably said that wrong because I even asked Martin how to pronounce it. And he was like, I have no idea what name That's that is. That's kind of pretty though. Like Crescent. that. I was just going to say Regeer. that. I like it. Crescents. Uh, their living maid, Crescent Gutier, Regeer, until she quit in September 21. It is believed that Crescents had quit due to the fact that she believed Hunter, Hinter Kaifek to be haunted. She told everyone and anyone of hearing disembodied voices throughout the farmhouse and the out outbuildings. And when the house was empty and silent, she could hear the sound of someone, something or someone moving around in the empty attic. Ugh. 
the <laughs> attic that ran the length of the farmhouse. She also spoke of the overwhelming sense that she was always being watched <sighs> when she was alone in the house. When these feelings became too much for her to handle, she quit, leaving the Gruber slash Gabriel family without a maid for a few months during the winter of 1921 and 1922. Yo, bitch, I'd leave too. I know. And, uh, thank you. You just had to point out your attics in this closet, <laughs> hey? So Andreas Gruber, when, when visiting the village of Kaifek, was subject to many questions from the villagers in relation to the stories told by his former maid. When sober, Andreas would become angry and hostile, claiming her that his, maid's, his old maid stories were just that, stories, and complete bullshit. However, after a few drinks, Andreas told neighbors of his own odd experiences. One time, he found a current edition of a Munich newspaper in his home when no one living in the home subscribed to the newspaper. He attempted to explain it away as a mistake by the mailman, but the mailman was adamant that it was impossible as no one in the area, in the Kaifect area, even received a copy of that newspaper. So there's no way it could have mistakenly have been delivered to Hinterkaifect. Not to mention nobody in the house claimed it. Mm -hmm. So they have no idea where it came from. Weird. And it was like a recent, at the time, a recent copy of the newspaper just yeah. in the house. Andrea, Andreas also begrudgingly admitted that he may have also heard someone moving around in the attic. But said when he checked, there was no one there. One time, he spoke of an irritation of a set of keys to the outbuildings. Because uh, it was a farmstead. So yeah. it was like one big building and then there was a couple of outbuildings, mm -hmm. right? So a set of keys for his outbuildings went missing. Uh, went missing from its usual place within the farmhouse and none of his family members would take responsibility for moving them. Most perplexing of all, he confided in one neighbor of footprints discovered in the snow leading from the forest surrounding the homestead to one of the outbuildings. The outbuildings whose lock had been broken. However, when Andreas investigated, he found no one in the outbuilding or in the farmhouse. But he also noticed that he did not find any foot footprints in the snow coming. leading away from the farmhouse. I knew that was coming. Mm -hmm. I, that, that's just, that's the kind of creepy shit I'm that sorry. actually freaks me I out. I know. You know, it's not like the gruesome saw yeah. being as disgusting as you can be. It's creepy yes. ass shit like that. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh. Footprints geez. in the snow. Leading yeah, to the house, but never leading away. Oh. Ooh. Nobody, nobody knew who the footprints belonged to, and nobody knew how the lock on the the out like the outbuilding got broken. Ugh, I don't like it. Anyway, continue. So these claims from Andreas, along with those of his former maid Crescent Regier, made it difficult for the Gruber family to find a replacement maid. <laughs> People were afraid of the haunted, isolated farmstead located in the dark, dense forest, which is named the Witch's Forest. Yes, love it. The Gruber family managed until March of 1922 without help until a 45-year-old Maria Baumgartner, Baumgartner, who had a mild learning disability and a pronounced limp, was desperate for work, agreed to take the job as a maid. I might cut that out because that really is irrelevant. It does fit in with the fact that she was struggling to find work. Because well, and can I just things. say something on that? You've got to remember the time, too. Yeah. So, I mean, 
for us right now to be like, fuck yeah, I'd go and take that job instantly. I'll clean your house if it's haunted. It's yeah. like a fucking dream come true, right? Mm-hmm. If you would have had that kind of oh, enthusiasm yeah. and interest in it back in that time, oh, yeah. which you'd be yeah. burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. No. Exactly, right? So, so you mm-hmm. also didn't want to show that you had any interest or that you weren't afraid of it because yeah. then you'd be the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So in March 1922, Maria, who lived in the town of Mulreed, located 12 kilometers away from Kaifek, walked in the heavy snow to the village of Kaifek to spend the night with her sister, Francesca Schaefer, before leaving for Hinterkaifek around four in the morning on Friday, March 31st, 1922. Her sister accompanied her for the half an hour walk into, through the forest to the farmstead. They arrived around 4.30, and Francesca said goodbye to her sister in the yard before returning to her own home in Kaifect. This would be the last time anyone would see Maria alive. In the morning of Friday, March 31st, Andreas and his daughter Victoria had been seen by shopkeepers shopping in the nearby town of Schoberhausen. This is one of the ones I asked Martin to tell me how to pronounce them. I probably got it wrong. That sounds so aggressive. Schoberhausen. The shopkeepers also remembered both complaining of hearing noises in the attic and that Andreas had woken in the middle of the night to find some of their cattle mysteriously wandering loose in the yard. After that morning, no one had seen or heard from any members of the Gruber Gruber Gabriel family over the weekend. (laughs) On Saturday, April 1st, two brothers, both coffee salesmen named Hans and Edward, Shravosky visited Hinterkaifect. When they knocked on the farmhouse door, no one answered. And the farm was eerily silent. I can only, like, I can picture it in my head mm. how just, like, creepy this place is. Ugh. So they left. Later in the <laughs> A neighbor, a local carpenter named Michael Blockel, passed the farmstead on his walk home from work that day and noticed the kitchen door was open and a fire was burning in the grate inside. As he passed, a male shone a pocket lantern in his direction. He at the time believed it to be Andreas and thought nothing more of it. On Sunday, April 2nd, two friends of Victoria's went to the house to call on Victoria for church. Despite smoke coming from the chimney, no one answered, so the two girls left. Other neighbors also reported seeing smoke coming from the chimney over the entire weekend, so they believed nothing out of the ordinary was going on at Hinterkaifeck, despite no one actually seeing a single member of the family or the maid for those three whole days. On Monday, April 3rd, after eight-year-old Cecilia failed to turn up for school for the second time since Friday, she also reportedly failed to turn up for school on the Saturday morning, because apparently they went to school on Saturday mornings. I know, right? That sucks. sucks. (laughs) People began to suspect something might not be right at the old farmhouse. The postman dropped mail off as usual on Monday morning and noticed the back door partially open, despite the abnormal quiet and stillness of the home. He also noted 
It was also noted by a machinery worker who had arrived to the home in the afternoon of the Monday the 3rd to repair some farm machinery. He went about his business without a second thought, despite hearing a dog barking from inside the home when he had arrived. When he was leaving, he noticed that the dog, still barking, was now tied up outside the door, but still not a single sign of a person within the home. And he did not have any contact with a single member of the Gruber family. It wasn't until Tuesday, April 4th, in the afternoon, when a small group of neighbors finally decided to check on the family. The group, led by another local farmer, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, searched the property and what they found will likely haunt, likely haunted them for the rest of their lives. When the group of men arrived, everything looked normal from the outside. The animals were fed and acting normal, which was out of the ordinary, though, was the post was piling up in the post box. All the doors were closed but unlocked. The men opened the door to the farmhouse, peered inside, and called for the family. When nobody replied, they entered the home. Again, everything appeared normal except some dishes in the sink. They retreated outside to check the outbuildings. In the barn, they found partially buried under a layer of hay the bloodied bodies of Andrea and his wife, Cecile. Cecilia, their daughter Victoria and Victoria's eight-year-old daughter Cecilia. They had all suffered blows to the head. The men returned to the house for a more extensive search where they found in the maid's room off the kitchen under a bedsheet the bloodied body of Maria Baumgartner and in her in his cot under one of his mother's skirts they found the body of two-year-old Joseph. Both also suffered major head wounds. Ugh. Kids. Police were called around 6 p.m. and within the hour, a larger force of police arrived from Trolberhausen. By midnight, detectives from Munich, so Munich Chris, uh, Munich Crips, so Criminal Police, Criminal Investigation Agency, arrived and took over the investigation. Hunter Kaifek finally became a crime scene. Took all day, which, I mean, makes sense for the time. Mm -hmm. Autopsies were performed the following day on a makeshift table in the courtyard outside the farmhouse by the district court doctor, Dr. Jonah Bapt Amuller. It was determined that all six had been killed by a, a single blow to the head, most likely by a mattock. So I had to look it up. A mattock is a hand tool used for digging, prying, and chopping, similar to a pickaxe. It's, it was used in, like, you'll see it in a lot of, like, there you go. Oh, that's Here's a picture of it. Yeah. So it kind I was of thinking like, of Cornelius and Rudolph. Yeah. And was right here. <laughs> yeah. Silver and gold. And he yeah. licks it. <laughs> and he likes it. <laughs> Uh, anyways. They believe that to be the murder weapon. So they left. Yeah. <laughs> they believed that all six were killed during the evening or the night of Friday, March 31st. The same day Maria had only just arrived at the farmstead. The four found in the barn appeared to have been lured to the bar, barn one by one and killed. There was no sign that they had been ref like restrained or put or, or that they put up any fight before the single blow and they dropped dead one by one. That's really eerie. I just pictured them like, yeah, there's basically like lemurs just, yeah, in or, a trance or something. It, that's or, yeah, what I right? imagine too. Like it's super bizarre. 
Maria appeared to have been struck down as she stood next to her bed and Joseph was killed in his sleep. Andreas and his wife wore their bed clothing and Victoria and her young daughter remained in their day clothes. So it's possible that Victoria and her daughter were maybe killed first and then Andreas and his wife. Mm. Um, you, never, you never know. It was a long time ago. Uh, Maria was found in her day clothes with her outdoor shoes still on and her only piece of luggage remained unpacked on the bench in the kitchen. So she was literally killed the moment she walked in the door. Jesus. Like she hadn't even gotten a chance to unpack her bag or take her shoes off. Yeah. This left many questions around who had been feeding the animals over the weekend, caring for the dogs and keeping the fire going. The house had evidence that someone, presumably the killer, had made several meals over the weekend and also slept in one of the beds. Oh, yuck. This meant whoever was responsible for the killings had lived in the home as if it was was their own for at least three days after they bludgeoned the family. With the bodies still just with the bodies around. still just hanging out there. Just threw a little bit of straw on the bodies in the barn and went like went about their Well, day. and doesn't that show you just that like the capacity of this person uh, because to stay in a home with yeah. that many dead bodies for three yeah. days yeah. and not wait at it. At the same time, making sure that all the barn farm animals were fed and the dogs were cared for. Yeah. Also, yeah. you wouldn't expect a killer of humans to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I like animals more than people, just as much as the next person, ah. but not enough to like kill a family, leave them where they lay, live in that home. Plus ten to yeah. the critters, you know. Yeah, it's all very it's odd. Mm-hmm. Gruber's were believed to be relatively wealthy. They they did have the farmstead, and you know, after the World War One, everybody was poor. They believed that it was possible that a passerby had tried to rob them. So they thought maybe money was a motive. No, uh, money but- had been taken from the bodies uh. though, but after further investigation, it was found that gold coins and jewelries had been left untouched. Throughout yeah, the and like a robber isn't gonna like put that much thought into it, like taunting the family ahead of time. Yeah, like that's methodical. That's yeah, some so, methodical bullshit, right? Murder weapon could not be found in the house or in the outbuildings. It was assumed at the time that the killer had taken it with them. During the investigation, detectives discovered that Victoria had shared information with friends that she was in the process of suing her young son's father for child support. His father was believed to be a local man named Lorenz Schlittenbauer, the same Lorenz Schlittenbauer who led the initial search of the property. Oh, I knew Schlittenbauer sounded yeah. familiar. Yeah. Lorenz, who was married, was living with his wife less than one kilometer away from Hinterkaifeck on his own farm. Detective questioned Lorenz many times the years following the murders. The last known interview took place in 1931, nine years after the murders. Mm -hmm. Lorenz admitted to his relations with Victoria but denied being the murderer even denied being the father of a child. But the motives were not very strong and it was near impossible that he would have spent so much time at Hinterkaifeck as the killer had without anybody noticing. His wife, for instance. 
Lorenz successful. So they found him not guilty, obviously, mm-hmm. after nine years of constantly bringing him in and interviewing him as a suspect in these murders. Well, yeah, and like you think about uh, just what you said, like it's impossible for him to spend that much yeah. time there without somebody noticing. So that again, that makes you think like who was there that seemingly fit in not to mention right? all of the stories and stuff whoever this was was possibly living there yeah. for months prior to the murders yeah. months uh lorenz ended up successfully suing several people who claimed that he was the murderer before his death in 1941 several other possible suspects were interviewed through though none looked like strong prospects. Local brothers Carl and Anton Bichler Bichler? Bichler 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 Antoine Dodson Hodge kids, Hodge wives because they're ripping everybody out here. They're feeding your cows feeding your horses one your dogs keeping the place warm Sorry. They were known to have committed several burglaries in the area and were interviewed but rejected by police as viable suspects. Two farm laborers were suggested as suspects by the former maid, Crescent's Regeer, but police investigation led nowhere with those. Munich detectives interviewed more than 100 potential suspects between 1922 and 1933, but failed to find sufficient evidence to charge any of them with murder. Amongst the locals in the village of Kaifex, rumors were spreading of a very different suspect. It was rumored that Carl Gabriel, Victoria's dead husband, wasn't really dead, and even that he was the murderer. The story went he had not been killed during the war, but horribly disfigured and had somehow secretly made his way back to Hinterkaifeck, where he was hidden by the Gruber family, uh, where he was driven to insanity by his injuries and being locked in their attic. He had escaped and killed his wife and in-laws. Despite the ridiculousness of this story, police records show that the Munich detectives investigated this potential lead very carefully. Okay, I'm sorry, but they literally hired a maid that had a learning disability and a profound limp. They hired her. They paid this woman money to help around the farm <laughs> and you think they did this to her victoria's poor husband Thanks. who fought in the fucking war yeah. that's the thanks he gets what investigators found was that carl gabriel married victoria gruber in 1914 but the happy couple didn't stay together for long carl soon returned to his family home where he complained bitterly that his new wife was continuing to have a sexual relationship with her own father. Yep, you heard that right. Allegedly, Andreas and his daughter Victoria were having a sexual relationship. And they had been been going on for years. It has also been suspected that Andreas was the true father of Victoria's children. Oh. But there is no proof of that. So when no, rumors are dangerous, okay? Yeah, yeah. So when war was declared in 1914, Carl Gabriel volunteered for military service and was signed, assigned to the 13th Infantry Regiment. He was posted to the Western Front near Arras in France. 
Military records show that he was, in fact, killed there on December 12th, 1914, in a trench battle near Neville. He was buried buried in a German war cemetery in St. Laurent Blangley. Detectives interviewed two former soldiers who had served with Carl Gabriel, Joseph Bischler, another Bischler, and Nikolaus Haas. And both confirmed that they had seen and identified his body. There seems no doubt that Carl Gabriel died in 1914 and therefore could not have been the Hinterkaifeck murderer. But they actually did an extensive investigation into these rumors by the town folk. That's how desperate oh they were. Oh my God. Well, I mean, where, when every other lead the, uh, is dead. not going anywhere. But like, <laughs> wouldn't that be a wild story? <laughs> Kept their disfigured ex-son-in-law to be fact in their attic yeah right okay uh the police investigation into these murders continued for 12 years until 1933 without any sufficient leads in 1933 was the year adolf hitler became chancellor of germany and while we all know how that one went the investigation yeah. fell to the sidelines for the second world war However, since the end of World War II in 1945, Munich investigators reviewed the now cold case of Hinterkaifeck murders. Uh, most recently, uh, most recently, a review took place in 2007, but concluded wow. that the loss of vital evidence and records over the years meant that it was not possible to determine with certainty who the murderer might have been. The bodies which have been buried only a few days after the murders had been buried without their heads. What? Their heads were kept in case they were later able, sorry, they were later needed as forensic evidence in a trial. The heads were also lost during Allied bombing during World War II. They were II. lost? <laughs> yep. And the How are people losing these? Yep. Can you imagine Fuck. opening a bag and expecting there to be a bunch of bombs, but then you open it up and instead there's a bunch of heads? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Like... So the Gruber Gabriel family and the maid Maria Baumgardner remain buried to this day without their heads. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. The Bavarian Ministry of Interior offered a reward of $100,000, later increased to $500,000. Nope, sorry, 100,000 marks, later increased to 500,000 marks in April 92, 1922 for information leading to an arrest, but no useful information was ever received. As of this year, it has been 100 years since the murder took place, and it still remains unsolved and likely will remain as such until the end of time. So... Did they find all the heads? They never found the heads, but the farmhouse eventually became the property of Victoria's father-in-law, Gutler Carl Gabriel. Unsurprisingly, no one wanted to live there, and the location of what had become a notorious murder was uh, attracting gawkers. So in 1920, sorry, in February 1923, less than one year after the murders, Carl Gabriel, assisted by members of his family, demolished the farmhouse and out, outbuildings. Yeah. During the demolition, a mattock was found hidden under floorboards in the house. The mattock was crusted with dried blood and, and was undoubtedly the murder weapon. No one could explain why this hadn't been found by police search dogs when the mattock, uh, sorry, had not been... Uh, 
initially found by police search dogs. And when the Maddox was examined, it was found to be free of fingerprints. Son of a bitch. I know. That's crazy. So in the place of the former homestead now sits a concrete monument in memory of the victims. This case has been and continues to be used as a case study for German police students. And over the years, many of those students have claimed to know who the killer was, but refused to name the person. So there you have Convenient. it. The bizarre, mysterious case of okay. interpersonal murders. These students are, they're using this as a case study. And these students are like, oh yeah, I know who did it. I know Bro. who did it. Bro. But Bro. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, so what okay, are you and then studying? You're still, and then you're still allowed to continue into the police force, even though you're proving yourself to be like, like in. Well, and what are you studying? Uh, if, it's, yeah. if it's an open case and you didn't even find the murder weapon yeah. and you, you investigated a ghost for yeah. God knows how long. Yes. So what are you teaching <laughs> these students? <laughs> oh my God. It's so true. Not to admit, all the evidence was lost. Yeah, where are you putting those heads? And you lost heads. How do you lose a head? Not one, but like three, six heads. Also, why did you ever tell us why they took the heads in the first place? Where's this? They removed the heads to keep them, like, in case they needed it for a trial in the future, forensic evidence. To be able to present it How, during a trial. I don't understand why ever, you wouldn't just take like the logic blood, hair or whatever. And because like even it was when, in I guess, but like right? even the they Summerton the man, fucking head. even the Summerton man, they did like a cast of the face. But yeah, that was the that was for identification purposes. I mean, we knew who this family was. But yeah, yeah. I guess it's just like well. Let's just fucking do it the hard way. I know. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, it's funny that we're talking about dismembered heads when we were. I know. I thought about this. that too. It circled that. We, we, we didn't even mean. We didn't to even do mean. That. We didn't even know. <laughs> we didn't even know. Well, I mean, these heads could still be freaking kicking around somewhere. Like, who knows? Well, thanks, Megan. That was uh, that was really creepy. Like, especially yeah, that we have an attic over top of us, There's, and I could picture it. And just like, and you know what? I, I went into this like once you mentor, mentioned Hinter Typhak, I was like, oh, I know this, but like, I don't know it. It was all new to me. I just like this is one of those stories that just blows my mind. It's yeah, just like that's wild. Like, well, in the way that you told it too, you can kind yeah. of just put yourself in the scene and watch it, yeah. and it's just creepy. And it any creepy. anything creepy moving is yeah. just like. And then you mentioned an addict, and I just picture creepy things coming out of it. So, yeah, and come, but they don't go. I'll post pictures on our social. And but the dismembered heads. The crazy thing about the attic is you can like the farmhouse is this big long house. And the, the attic is the entire upper level oh, of the yeah. house. And it's one big room right yeah. across this like this whole house. Like it's I'll post pictures on our socials, mm -hmm. but it, it's just so fun. I might look at that tomorrow because I want to sleep. Tonight. I'm gonna look at it tonight. <laughs> Honey P. Honey P. Well, all thanks, right. ladies. It's so nice to finally get us all together. Absolutely. Thank you guys yes. so much for being here for my episode. Absolutely. I can't wait to have more episodes with <clears throat> you guys come out this year. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to us actually getting together in person. Oh, oh Megan got us new microphones. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so hopefully so. fingers crossed we have a little better yeah. sound for our um remote recordings. remote recording hopefully we don't have to do as many remote recordings yeah as we yeah did at the and maybe now year. because of these 
like microphones, you guys won't even know when we're remote and when we're not remote. Maybe that that's our dream. Other than you know, we can't sink our home brew murder crew. Figure that out one of these days. One of these days. Love it. Anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. You can find us on our socials. We are on Instagram at Homebrew Murder Crew. We're on Facebook at Homebrew Murder Crew. And you can email us at homebrewmurdercrew at gmail.com. Woo! Well, send us some love. Yeah, send us some love and thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.